to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. knows that God is always on time. Perfect. His timing is always perfect, right? So, yeah, so God's always on time, perfect timing always. So, God gave me this word, I don't know, a few months ago, and I didn't write it down. He gave it to me months ago, and I'm like, well, you know, if PT says anything to me, then I'll write it down. And he said, no, you need to write it down regardless of whether or not he asks you, because I need that out of you so I can fill you with something else in due season. Okay, fine. So I'm obedient. I write it down. As I'm writing it down, he gives me a song as well. And I'm like, okay, well, that's kind of weird, but all right. I'm going to trust you and believe in you, so I'm going to do it. So fast forward to now, and it all makes sense. Okay. So now, with everything that PT has been preaching, the past couple of weeks, I'm like, okay, well, it makes sense now. Um, so who knows that you can have a revival operating in your life every single day when you're rooted and grounded in the word? Who knows that you can be a walking revival for other people when you're in constant communication with the Holy Spirit? Who knows that your image and identity has to be found in God and only God for that to happen on a continual basis? So where is your image and identity found? Is it found in God? Are you rooted and grounded in God, the one who created you? Or is your image and identity rooted and grounded in the world and worldly things? Are you more concerned with what's going on in the world? Or are you more concerned with what's going on in the spirit? You want to know how to answer that question? What's the first thing you do when things hit your life? Who's the first person you run to when you have a problem? If it's not God, his word, and his spirit, then you're rooted and grounded in the wrong things. Your focus is off, and your vision needs to be realigned. Now, I'm not saying that God won't have you counsel with someone if you're not catching what he's throwing, because he will. He'll have you talk to certain people, but not just going and talking to anybody that'll listen, because then you're going to end up in more of a mess than what you even started out with. So what I am saying is that if the first person isn't God that you're running to, then your vision may need to be realigned. The world and worldly things will never give you what you're looking for, ever. Believe me, I've looked there many times over. (laughs) The world can never fill you. Why? Because it was never meant to. Anything less, I'm sorry, the only one that can truly fulfill you is the Father, the one who created you. Anything less than him will always leave you feeling empty, worthless, depressed, broke, busted, and disgusted. Reason being because you were created for him and his image. You were not created for yourself. That's why the whole my body, 
my choice movement is so detrimental to the body of Christ because you were never created and you will never be created for yourself. You were always ever created for him. <clears throat> All it is is the enemy trying to use it as a distraction to keep us focused on the wrong thing and to keep our eyes off of the truth of the word, which is that you were never created for yourself. You were always created for him and his great pleasure. Uh, turn with me, if you will, please, to Colossians 1.16. Oh, I don't think I set it up. Where am I at? Oh, I do have Wi-Fi, praise the Lord. Bear with me, guys. I feel like a brand new person up here with this thing. Hello. Okay. For this, I'm going to be reading out of the NIV, if I didn't already say that. Okay. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. So all things were created for him, God, and by him, God. Why? To do his work here on the earth. He needs us to do his work here on the earth. He can't do anything apart from us, just like we can do nothing apart from him. We just have to get us out of the way. We're the biggest problem. <clears throat> We have to remove the me, my, and I out of the way so that he can lead and guide us into what our true plan and purpose is here on the earth. So what is our true plan and purpose here on the earth? Well, in Genesis, God talks about being fruitful and multiplying. Multiplying what? People here on the earth? Yes, but it's so much more than just populating the earth. It's about multiplying his love for his people here on the earth. And he needs to do that through you. But he can't do that if all you're concerned about is you. If all you're thinking about is what you're going to do, how you're going to do it, and where you're going to do it at, how's God going to get anything over to you? In Matthew 6, Jesus talks about not being concerned with the things of this world, <clears throat> like your food, clothing, housing, money, etc. Be only concerned with the kingdom of God. He says, and your father will provide everything that you need and more. And it's not just talking, it's not just about seeking God to get things. It's about going after him because you want a relationship with him. You have the right to have a relationship with him again because of what Jesus did on the cross. Jesus restored what Adam lost, which was the relationship between the father and man. Do you have a relationship with God or do you just know about God? Because there is a big difference. There's a big difference between knowing who God is and having that relationship with him and knowing about God. Knowing him is when you're having a conversation with somebody and you hear something that's a little off and you don't just receive it and take it in as truth because you know the difference. And if the Holy Spirit prompts you to 
kindly correct them in love, then you do it. If the Holy Spirit doesn't, then you stay quiet and don't say anything. But again, you only do it if the Holy Spirit tells you and always in love. But you have to spend time with him in order to know him. You can't go off of other people's teachings or other people's relationships with him. You have to spend your own time with him in order to get to know him. So that way you know the sound of his voice. You know that it's him and not <clears throat> yourself or the enemy that's speaking. Because we all know that the voice sounds like ourselves. But we know the difference if you spend time with him. Otherwise, you're going to be confused and you're not going to know. And you can't do that if you're always thinking about yourself, if you're always thinking about you. That's why he tells us in Mark 10, 21, take up your cross and follow me. Uh, let's go there, actually. Please. Actually, I'm going to start at 17. Now, as he was going out on the road, one came running, <clears throat> knelt before him, and asked him, Good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit in eternal life? So Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is, God. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your father and your mother. 20. And he answered and said to him, Teacher, all these things I have kept from my mouth. Then Jesus, or I'm sorry, kept from my youth. Then Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, One thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. <clears throat> and come, take up the cross and follow me. But he was sad at this word and went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. All right, so what's Jesus saying? Okay, so maybe you haven't physically murdered someone or physically committed adultery or actually stolen someone. But who knows that you can commit adultery in your heart? Who knows that you can murder somebody by hating them, having hate for that person in your heart? Or you can murder them by the words that you say to them or about them. <clears throat> or stealing is no different than coveting what they have. So you don't have to actually physically do it in the physical to do it in your heart okay but that's not what I'm talking about the main thing that he told us to do we're not doing and that's to get rid of all the junk that we have in our lives all the spiritual and emotional junk that we're holding on to I'm talking about all that stuff <clears throat> that you're holding on to that was never meant for you anger bitterness resentment hurt offense jealousy envy strife unforgiveness is a major one all the other stuff that didn't come from God. You know, we grew up thinking, oh, well, that's just the way I am, or I grew up with all this stuff, and then emotions are from God. No, that's a lie. The emotions that came from God are peace, joy, love, kindness, mercy, forgiving. <clears throat> that stuff came from God. Anything that's opposite of that came from Adam, which came from the devil, because he has the spirit of the devil. <clears throat> Excuse me. You were never created to house any of that stuff within your body. That's why so many people have so many physical issues in their bodies because they're holding on to all this stuff and they're not getting rid of any of it. And no one wants to get rid of it. I shouldn't say no one, but a lot of people don't want to get rid of it. They want to hold on to it. 
So what do we do? We slap a big old Band-Aid on it. We do it by Okay. <laughs> uh, we slap a band-aid on it. What do we do? We go to doctors. We get pills. We, get, take, we have surgeries to help with the symptoms, right? Or if we grew up religious, we go to church and do the Christian thing. But all the while, we're barely even scratching the surface of what the actual problem is. Now, I'm not saying that doctors and nurses are bad, because my daughter-in-law is the best nurse ever. So there's a place for them, and they're appreciated, and we need them. Okay, and going to church in and of itself isn't bad if you're going there for the right reasons. Okay, but make no mistake, sitting in church isn't going to solve your problems. Actually doing the work solves the problems. Okay, so what I'm saying is slapping a bandit on it and <clears throat> doing all that stuff isn't going to get to the root of it, which is what? Getting rid of all the junk in your life. Getting rid of all that junk that was never meant for you anyway. All God wants you to do is for you to give up what was never created for you to begin with. So that he can fill you with everything that he created you for. So that he can fill you with his image and his identity. But he can't do that if you're still full of yourself. Thank you. <laughs> My daughter. <clears throat> so he can't do that if you're still full of yourself. God can't fill you with his image and identity if you're still selfish and self-centered, thinking only about me, my, I. If you're still holding all, on to all that junk, how is he supposed to fill you? You're already full. May it be with the wrong stuff, but you're still full nonetheless. If you're still holding on to your past, if you're unwilling to let go of the past hurts and forgive the people that hurt you, how is he supposed to fill you with his image and identity? When you're always thinking and saying, well, look what happened to me. It's so unfair. Look what I went through. I went through this my whole life. Listen, the truth of the matter is, is that we all have gone through things in our lives. We've all had things done to us in our lives. We all can sit here and talk about everything that's ever happened to us and lick each other's wounds, but that's not going to help any of us at all. You're not going to move past it if you keep replaying the same tape over and over and over in your head. The truth is, if those people that hurt you knew who they were in Christ, had their image and identity in Christ, they would have never done what they did to you. They wouldn't have been able to. And because you, being rooted and grounded in Christ, you know who you are, that should make you have compassion for them and weep for them, not because of them. And forgiving them should come easy because you, being rooted and grounded in Christ, know the truth of who Jesus is, what he did for you, and how he forgave you and continues to forgive you. Wonder what it would look like if Jesus had that attitude towards us. Wonder what it would look, wonder what would have happened if Jesus was that way towards us, if Jesus wouldn't forgive us. 
If Jesus was just sitting up in heaven next to God, well, I'm not going to forgive them again. Look what they did. I already forgave them. I have to do it again? You know they're going to do it again. Really? We're walking around the same mountain with them again? You can't even imagine that because it's crazy to even think that Jesus would even have those thoughts towards us. Why? Because he's Jesus? No, because he's love. And love takes no account of suffered wrongs. Why? Because love doesn't seek its own. Love doesn't think about itself. Love always puts others' needs above its own. Why? Because you're supposed to be a martyr and let everyone walk all over you? No. Because love knows that God always, always, always provides every single one of your needs, no matter what. So you love people like God loves his people, and you're always provided for, no matter what. Right? So if you can't see that type of attitude in Jesus, then why do we see it in so many Christians? If Christ lives in us, then why don't we respond in love? Why, when you squeeze a Christian, you get everything but Christ? Wonder what would happen if you squeezed an orange and apple juice came out. That would be crazy. You'd go nuts if you squeezed an orange and took a sip of that cup and apple juice came out. You'd be like, what the heck was this? An orange that I just squeezed? Like, what's going on? Then why is it okay for anything but Jesus to come out when you squeeze a Christian? If it's... If anything but Christ comes out when you squeeze a Christian, then that person's not fully submitted and surrendered to God. And it's a clear-cut sign that that person's not. All right, listen. All we have to do is surrender to God what was his to begin with, and that's our lives. Once we do that, then we will shine brighter than any light that we've ever seen. Why? because the Father's light will be shining in us and through us. And when people do things to us, we won't be affected by them. When things happen in our lives, we won't go down and out like before. Why? Because we're cold and cold-hearted and shut off to all of our emotions? Or because we're super spiritual that nothing affects us? No. Because our image and identity is found in God Amen. and his word. Our image and identity is no longer found in man's thoughts and opinions of us. We no longer have to be the funniest person in the room. We no longer have to be the smartest person in the room. We no longer have to always try to be right. Listen, people will always have an opinion of you, whether you're too tall, too short, too fat, too skinny, black, white, yellow, brown, blue eyes, green eyes, long hair, short hair, whatever. None of that matters. The only thing that matters is that you're living your life for an audience of one. He's the only one that matters. Nobody else. God's opinion and his approval is the only thing that should matter to you. Staying in line with the Father needs to be the most important thing in your life. Staying in right alignment with him needs to be your number one priority above all, <clears throat> above all else. That's above your spouses, your kids, your jobs, your friends, your family, everything. It has to be. Why? Because if you don't, then God's going to get mad at you? No. It's because when you're not in constant communion with him and right alignment with the Father, all that old junk starts creeping right back in 
and it brings friends with it. And then all your old thoughts, opinions, and behaviors start coming out again. And believe me, nobody wants that, and nobody appreciates that. And I'll tell you, and my family can attest to this, I am a much nicer person when I am in constant communion with the Father on a daily basis. Because when Bethany comes out, she's not nice. So believe me, stay in constant communion. <laughs> and it's so much easier to stay in right alignment and relationship with God than doing the yo-yo thing. All right, I've been saved since I'm 12. I've done the yo-yo thing, and it's not good. It's not fun. It's so much easier if you're just consistently in right relationship with the Father. When you're having a continual one-on-one -on -one with him every day, instead of the constant back and forth, because every time you leave, it gets harder to come back. And, and it's not because God's mad at you or because God's changed his mind about you. It's because, or, the, or that God's pushing you away. It's because you're pulling yourself away from the Father. He wants you. He's always there waiting for you, but you're pulling yourself away. And when you pull yourself away, every time you leave, the devil comes and starts filling your head with more lies and lies and more junk, and then you begin to believe it. So you stay away longer and longer each time. And listen, just because you're sitting in church or going to meetings or helping out with a ministry does not mean that you're present and engaged in the things of God. Okay, I always tell the kids up front, you can sit in a garage all day and it's not going to turn you into a car any more than sitting in a church all day long or Sundays and Wednesdays and doing all this stuff is going to turn you into a kingdom citizen. The yo-yo thing that I'm talking about starts in your heart first. You pull your heart away first. That's the first thing that steps away before you ever physically step away. Everything begins in your mind with a thought. That's why he wants that intimate and precious one-on-one -on -one time with you. He wants your undivided attention so that when you go out into the world, they see him and not you. He wants you so full of his love that people can't not be touched by him when they're around you. He wants Jesus coming out of you when you're squeezed, not the world. So again, I ask you, where is your image and identity found? Do you need to shift your focus back to him? Do you need to readjust your, your vision? If you do, then just do it. It's not hard. Don't be like Cinderella with the glass slipper and, oh, the shoe fits so nice. No. Kick that thing off, repent to God, and keep it moving. If he tells you to get rid of stuff, let go of it. Don't hold on to it. It's not fun. You know when you got that junk inside of you, you feel like crap. You feel like garbage when you have a fight with somebody, when you argue with somebody, and then, you know, you're going back and forth with them, and you walk away, because what are you doing? You're replaying it in your head over and over and over. Well, I should have said this. Well, if they would have said this, then this is what I'm going to say next time. And you feel like crap inside because you weren't created for that stuff to be inside of you, and it starts to take effect in your body. The more and more people see you, then you're walking around like you sucked on a lemon all day. And then people are like, hmm, I don't think I want to talk to you. You're not very nice. You know, and they stay away. When the, mo the main thing you're wanting is for that connection with people. But you got to get rid of all that junk because you can walk around with a smile on your face, but you're seething out of your pores. Stay away. So you're doing the reverse of what you're actually wanting. So if God's telling you to get rid of it, get rid of it. It's not worth it. 
Believe me, I've been on both sides. It's not fun. You were never created for any of that stuff, ever. God loves you, and he wants the best for you always. And remember, you only have to live your life for an audience of one. Not anybody else. It doesn't matter. As long as you're in right alignment with God, and you're pleasing the Father, and you're living your life according to what God says, that's all that matters. Everyone's always going to have something to say. Whether it's your spouse, or your kids, or your friends, or your family, it doesn't matter. As long as you're doing what God says, and you're living your life, and you're being kind and loving, I'm not saying go and slam them in the face with the Bible and say, well, you're not doing this, so I'm going to smack you upside. No, that's not right. That's not God. That's you. What I'm saying is, is live your life so that people can see him through you, so that people see the fruit of him, and they pick your branches, and they pick the fruit off of you. Don't take it out. God's not throwing his fruit at you. Stop throwing your fruit at people. Let them see how good he is by your life lived. That's what draws people in. That's what makes people want to come and know God and, and have a relationship with him. People don't care what you know until they see that you care. Yep. Live your life for an audience of one. Thank you.